This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'd imagine I can do that on my own. I'm Steve Coleman. For more news, information, and sports, you can find us on the web at usaheadlinenews.com. The Christian Interest Division of USA Radio Networks is an ongoing conversation about Christianity and the influences that shape a Christ-centered life. USA is bringing a younger voice to the discussion with up-and-coming hosts like Steve Noble, Angie Austin, Chris and Emily, and Tony Perkins. Voices with a fresh perspective on the Christ-centered life conversation heard every day across America on stations like this and on usaradionetworks.com. The United States Foundation.org is a not-for-profit organization that supports the distribution of news, information, opinions, and creative media on issues shaping our country. The mission is to defeat apathy and engage, educate, and inspire the people of this great nation to stand up and preserve our security and to end political obstruction. Consider a donation to the United States Foundation.org. Looking for a white label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. to millions from WebmasterRadio.fm's world headquarters in Florida. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. And now, spanning the globe to give you the most in-depth coverage of events that matter to you. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. USA Headline News. I'm Kelly Sloan. Two journalists were shot dead on live TV today in Manetta, Virginia, near Roanoke. One was on the air interviewing someone. WDBJ General Manager Jeffrey Mark spoke to viewers afterward. It is my uh, very, very sad duty to report that um, we have determined uh, through the help of the police and uh, our employees that 
Uh, Allison and Adam died this morning shortly after 6.45 when the shots rang out. The victims have been identified as Allison Parker and Adam Ward. The killer is being chased by police, and the governor of Virginia says the suspect is believed to be a disgruntled employee. Our law enforcement personnel have a photograph uh, of the individual, and as they say, they are in pursuit as we speak. That was Terry McAuliffe on WTOP Radio. The Dow Jones was up almost 400 points in the opening minutes. It has been up and down over the past few days. Many experts blame the falling Chinese markets. This is USA Headline News. The results are truly amazing. Ovation Cell Therapy has helped hundreds of thousands of people just like you. Stop dry, brittle, damaged hair and grow thicker, stronger, longer, and healthier hair faster. I've definitely seen a difference in the amount of hair I lose every time I shampoo. There's a significant change. Even my hairdresser has noticed a difference. She said that my hair looks much healthier and stronger. Thank you for making a great product. I would highly recommend it to everyone. I finally found a shampoo and conditioner that cleans my hair thoroughly but gently. My hair is much softer and more manageable. The product smells fantastic. These survey responses are from people just like you, sharing their ovation experiences of thicker, stronger, and longer hair. Improve the health of your hair with Ovation Cell Therapy. Log on to OvationHair.com and enter USA News for a special introductory discount. That's OvationHair.com. And remember to enter USA News for your special discount. OvationHair.com. Ovation is so good, it's guaranteed. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Dan Whitehead. Two US TV journalists have been shot dead live on air near the rural town of Roanoke in Virginia. Police say they're hunting for a gunman. The Italian Coast Guard says 50 bodies have been found in a hold of a migrant ship off the coast of Libya. Around 430 others have been rescued alive. And the German Chancellor Angela Merkel says her country is facing a gigantic challenge with thousands of migrants arriving. Creating a website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile-friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. Webmasterradio.fm, the destination for education and entertainment. Downloading the Cyber Law and Business Report. Only on Webmasterradio.fm. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet at Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting from Tempe, Arizona. We're here on business, and I want to thank Howard Shanker, Shanker Law Firm, for helping set us up. And um, so um, our guest today is a, a familiar guest, Art Neal, who is with the New Media Rights. We had him on almost a year ago to the date. And New Media Rights has a new fair use app. And they also have some other new things they have going that he's going to tell us about. Are, are you with us? I'm here. Good morning, Bennett. Thanks Thank for having you. me. Thanks for coming. 
And uh, we were joking flying that we're going to have Art talk about his new book, The Art of the O'Neill. <laughs> For those who are unfamiliar with new media rights, you know, what is it that you know, it, it does for the, for the unacquainted? So New Media Rights is a nonprofit program that provides free and low-cost legal services for creators of all types. That includes filmmakers and video creators, which the Fair Use app is targeted at. But it also includes entrepreneurs, software developers, folks who need intellectual property, internet law-related assistance, but don't usually have access, can't typically afford $500 an hour. And so that's the main thing we provide is one-to-one legal services. But as you mentioned, as you mentioned, Bennett, we also produce a lot of educational resources. That includes a YouTube channel full of 150 plus videos that are educational. And then we also created this app. We have a lot of written guides on our website. And the last piece of what we do is we take what we're learning from working with all these folks on the ground, which now we're pushing actually I just checked, and I think we're just about at 1,500 matters that we've assisted on since we started about eight or nine years ago. And so we take all those matters and we try to look for uh, policy initiatives that we can help out on, provide more insight on uh, in terms of independent creators, independent entrepreneurs, and what their needs are, and trying to shape the law to actually work for them. So you go back, I think it was like 2007 you started? That's right. Recently, though, you've now become paired with Cal Western School of Law in San Diego, right? Right. About three years ago, we joined up with California Western School of Law. I actually teach internet law in a law clinic there, and we have some amazing legal interns that support all of our work there. We bring in about six folks per semester, and it's a great chance for them to learn intellectual property, internet law, but also get exposed to the public interest side of those things. So yes, we're actually part of California Western School of Law. And if you look at, I mean, I was just looking at your website, and there's just a lot of activity. You guys have been very busy this summer. One of the things that you're the busiest, it seems to be, is this Fair Use app. Tell us about it. So this is all about, you know, after nine years of working with all sorts of video creators, right, and taking them all the way from the beginning of YouTube to now, we work with everybody from people who create short videos on YouTube to people who do full-length feature films, documentaries. And over the years, we've done things like write letters so that those folks can get insurance from an errors and omissions insurance company so they can then distribute on Netflix, right, or Hulu or Mm -hmm. something. Or other people just want to make sure, hey, I don't want my YouTube account constantly taken down. I don't want my stuff monetized without my permission. And so I need to know a bit about fair use. So folks have come to us Uh, many times over the years to learn what their rights under fair use are. There are some nice resources out there, things like the best practices that were put out by, used to be called the Center for Social Media. I think it's called the Center for Social Impact now at American University. But we still found... (laughs) Exactly. So we found that there was still some gaps. There was still some need for further education. And we came up with this idea actually a couple years ago of, you know, could we create an interactive educational tool. And so the Fair Use app really does two things. Number one, somebody can go to it, and before they ever do a Fair Use analysis, it asks them all those basic kinds of questions. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a robot lawyer yet, Bennett, but I would say that it it asks you some really good questions. It asks you things like, do you actually own the material? 
do you have a license? And it kind of explains what a license is, written permission, right? And then if you don't have either of those, is it public domain? Like, you know, some of the things I've got on my wall here in my office, some of these images I've got here in my office that are public domain, or is it maybe even something under Creative Commons? And so after it asks you all those preliminary questions, if none of those allow your reuse of the work, right? Because that's what this is all about. Fair use is all about when can I all this culture that's around me, okay, when can I comment on it? When can I reuse it? So then the app takes you into this question and answer mode, and it helps you understand a little bit more about fair use. It helps you make better decisions about fair use. And that kind of thing can keep you, everything from keep you out of a lawsuit to just, you know, keep you from losing your YouTube account. And so we wanted to create a tool that helped people make better choices when they reuse content and we've been tweaking it. We've been taking a lot of, we got a lot of good reviews. We've also been getting some good feedback and making tweaks based on that. So it's a living app. We are constantly improving it. And, you know, even a month out, I'm, I'm just really happy with the way it's played out. And I think it's a really, really helpful tool for folks. And it's, there's a future of, of legal services here that we're seeing where you always are going to need the advice of you know a human lawyer to help you navigate through things but people need good educational tools so that they can make better choices themselves as well and so that's right. what this is all about yeah and and so what are some examples of what what happens when people use it you know sure. have you what have someone has anyone come to you said hey I did this this and this you know and what was the result or have you you know when your own tests of it i think even even in the, yeah, even in the months since we've launched it, we've had a few people write in, and I, I find even so far that our contact forms and requests for legal services, it's interesting because there'll be a little bit more depth to them sometimes now, and somebody's saying, well, I think it's transformative because of such and such. But I think that what can happen is somebody might go through it right, and they might say, okay, I'm reading about transformativeness. You know, I think that you know, my, my thing looks pretty transformative. I'm looking at some of these examples and I'm looking at these other resources and I, I feel like my, my use is transformative. Maybe I'm not really making a commercial use or selling this thing. So I'm feeling pretty good. I, I, I use, you know, just so much as I need to make my point and, right. and that they can make a pretty good judgment there. But on the flip side, somebody might say, look, I'm not, I don't, my use isn't anything like this transformative use. I'm just using music as a background. I'm using it commercially, let's say in a podcast that I have advertising on, or and then I'm using the whole song. And the app would really answer to that. It would really give some good guidance and say, you know, if you're using the whole song, if you're using it commercially, really think about transformativeness. Are, is, are you really transforming it or are you simply just using it as a substitute? And I think that it provides people some good basic guidance. And we all are cutting and pasting every day and so it, it really provides just some basic uh, guidance on that and then when you get to that point it also gives you a lot of points at which hey look maybe it's time to go talk to a lawyer if you're trying to distribute a film and you're trying to distribute that film with hbo showtime netflix etc right. then go talk to a lawyer and get it you know and get the proper insurance but if you're you know doing things on a one-off basis on a quick basis it can be a great way to learn. I also think the tool, you know, the people that I've heard the most from actually as well are folks who teach at the undergraduate level 
in things like media studies type classes. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's a lot of folks that a lot of professors that appreciate this as a different way to get into fair use. Cause I, I even teach, I teach fair use regularly and it's, I think it's really difficult to do it in the abstract. So when you have something that's very tactile, that you can go down different paths and you kind of see how the things shape out, how the different factors play together. I think that's really important. I think real examples are really important as well. And we give some real examples in the app and so I think it's just one more tool and we're going to continue to try to push it forward and adapt it and make it better. It's not going to give, you know, it's really not designed to give you a definitive answer because as we all know, <laughs> it's just, it's just almost impossible. It's very difficult to do that in fair use. You can get a really good idea of your arguments and do you have really good arguments or not, but it's not going to give somebody a complete final answer. You know, maybe another couple, maybe another decade or two as we uh, can get the AI to improve. But I think right now it's, a, it's an excellent educational tool. And it, we kind of jumped into it and we're talking about fair use, but for, but for those who aren't acquainted, can you just you know, give us a, a two-minute description of fair use to the extent that that's doable? Absolutely. Well, no, I like this. I always like those tests. Can you, can you describe this thing in two <laughs> minutes, right? That's fantastic. I mean, the thing about fair use is copyright is life plus 70 years, right? So if my son, a year and a half years old, drew something this morning, it's protected for his life. Hopefully he lives a nice long life and it's, uh, you know, protected for a good 150, 200 years, who knows. Now, the point is that copyright lasts a long time. It's quite broad, protects a lot of things. Fair use is the safety valve. Fair use is... The one exception that it's the, the main exception that allows you to reuse works without permission. And there's just certain circumstances, typically when you comment on something, when you are criticizing something, when you're creating a parody of something, when you're really reusing that thing, not for its original sort of uh, often, let's say, entertainment purpose, but actually reusing it and really transforming the original purpose or message. Transformation is very key. You look, it's basically a four-factor test that a court will look at and will say, you know, how do each of these factors come out? How much did you use? Did you use it? Were you selling it? Did you use it commercially? And then, as I said, the main inquiry tends to be, the really important inquiry tends to be, do you really transform it? And so the idea is that despite copyright, despite the fact that there's this monopoly over creativity, there's an exception and that you can reuse things without permission. And that's what fair use is. And that's what the fair use app is trying to explain. When can I reuse something without direct permission of the copyright owner? Now, at the very same time you did this project on fair use, you also updated your manual on working with Creative Commons. I assume the two, you see the two as related. Absolutely. If you can't make a great fair use argument, the nice thing about the world today is that there are photos, video, music that's available to reuse under Creative Commons. And most of the time, all you simply need to do is attribute correctly and stay within the balance of the license. But, but typically, if you're using the right kind of Creative Commons license, as long as you're attributing properly, uh, you can go ahead and use that kind of material. And so 
Creative Commons, part of the reason we updated that too was Creative Commons had updated to their 4.0 licenses a, a little while back. And so we wanted to make sure that our guides were completely up to date. But yeah, you know, there's fair use where you can use re without permission. And then there's Creative Commons that is access to millions of works that are basically free to use so long as you as you attribute, so long as you use them within the Creative Commons license. And Creative Commons is, is a wonderful way to deal with the fact that, you know, you don't have sound recordings going into the public domain, I guess, now until at least, uh, well, it was 2047. Now I think it's 2067, right? Right. And so, whatever, whatever, whatever Disney wants. It's a long, it's a long way away for those things to go in the public domain. And so what's nice is it's kind of a quasi it's a it's not a it's not public domain per se but it's it's a quasi public domain where you just need to attribute and and that's that's really wonderful cuz a lot of people can access i mean there's great resources like Incompetech and others that provide a lot of good background music and things like that and so but if you're going to use creative commons licenses as we there was just actually a recent case in district of columbia regarding a, a map of Montgomery County, Maryland, and the fact that they threw a Creative Commons licensed photo on the front and the photographer didn't like it. And what's interesting about that case is the photographer lost against this atlas that threw his wonderful rural scene of Maryland on the front of Montgomery County. He lost that case, but part of it just had to do with not really understanding what the Creative Commons attribution share-alike, uh, what the share-alike term meant. And right. so... So that's what we want to make sure, that's what that guide is. If you're going to license your stuff under Creative Commons or you're going to use something under Creative Commons, you might as well understand what the license means. And I think sometimes folks throw that on there. Um, and it's it's just really important if you're going to do that to know what you're getting yourself into and, and know, the, know the consequences of doing that because there's some very good consequences and there's some things that you should realize that can happen when you when you share. Where is the best place to go to find Creative Commons images, sounds, whatever? So I would say the best place to start is if you if you went to the newmediarights.org website and you clicked on guides, at the top right of our guides, there's a how-to guide called How to Find Free Music, Images, and Video that you can remix in your own creative works. And that has just a very nice thorough list of, you know, it's got like six sites that are the best for music. It's got a couple sites that are great for video. It's got a couple sites that are great for images. I mean, obviously, in terms of music, I mentioned Incompetech. There are other ones like CC Mixter and Gemendo that are pretty good. Um, there's also... I use them, yeah. And, and when you get to... Yeah, exactly. And when you get to video, there's things like stock footage for free. There's Blip TV. There's uh, some things from the U.S. National Archives that are actually federal government works in public domain. And so there's a list on there that has some that are Creative Commons, some that are free to use under other licenses. Flickr has, I mean, in terms of images, I think, you know, Flickr probably isn't the pre preeminent image site anymore, but it really is the preeminent site that has, a, you know, a store of Creative Commons images. And I think it, it's, it's a wonderful source for Creative Commons images. Uh, and the Internet Archive has a lot of things, too. You do have to be careful just to try to make sure that when you do see something, you know, on, say, Wikimedia Commons or Flickr or elsewhere, that when it says it's openly licensed, 
it hopefully it is and a lot of times it is just sometimes things get mislabeled so you do want to kind of keep an eye out you know because you don't want to be getting the the nasty letter from getty or from yes. ap that you <laughs> that you reuse their images without permission but uh, i think that resource is probably the probably the best place to start well, we're going to talk more about this in your other projects after a short break. You're listening to the Cyberlaw and Business Report only on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS, text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm, sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's Maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio, T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back, and we're with Art Neal from New Media Rights. Um, he's been with us before, and we'll go to our blog for more information about Art and New Media Rights. And there's links to um, his publications and as well as to his last appearance on CLBR. So, Art, you know, a year yes. ago this time, you know, the Internet was buzzing over a thing called Gamergate. And I don't know if anyone really fully understood what, what the hell that was. But there was a lot of people getting death threats, and that seemed really whacked. And the consequences of it are still being felt. A congresswoman from Massachusetts attached a rider to the Justice Department's budget, 
requiring that they take more action, be more aggressive on cyber harassment matters since none of the death threats against you know, some of the principal people involved um, were ever prosecuted. And so um, with that context, you guys have waded into this um, cauldron, so to speak, to, to a certain extent. Do you want to explain that? Sure. I mean, obviously, so we, we've been working with a filmmaker. In fact, my staff attorney, Terry Karabonik, has been taking the lead, and I've been uh, helping with that, and some of our students have been helping working with uh, filmmaker Shannon Sun Higginson, who's had a lot of success with her film GTFO. Hopefully people know what that means, GTFO, the movie. Get and, the fun on. <laughs> I think that's I think that's close. I think it's pretty close. You know, ex- exactly. Uh, certainly last year and continuing into this year, uh, you know, there was a Gamergate controversy, but there's just there's just larger questions about video game culture and and people just simply asking questions. I talked earlier about criticism, right? Commentary and the the right to simply comment on the culture around around us we don't all necessarily have to agree on on everybody's take but we all at least have the right to speak and so uh you know we've worked with actually people like anita sarkeesian who was one of the people that was a target of those threats and things and it's it's really actually it's just it's the whole thing is is sad because a lot of times these folks especially folks like anita for instance who runs feminist frequency just does a lot of uh, analysis of video games and you know popular culture and just you know uh, actually you know offers an opinion from feminist point of view and there's really nothing even extraordinarily controversial frankly i would think about about most of what she's she's saying she's simply offers offering her analysis and opinion and and that's completely okay to do and so this film gtfo really tracks some of the individuals who were the targets of those attacks uh, in terms of just just for doing basic things like exercising their freedom of speech, exercising their right to simply talk about the culture that's around them. You know, they were getting things like death threats and other kinds of, of threats of being attacked or, you know, they were going to maybe they're speaking somewhere and threats of a, a mass shooting and you know, th- these kind of things are just ridiculous. And, and unfortunately, what happens is I think there's a tendency with online threats or with, you know, threats that take place through our email or through Twitter or through the computer. Um, sometimes law enforcement also doesn't necessarily take those as serious as seriously. Right. Um, and in some cases that may make sense, but in others, it really doesn't. And so, yeah, you know, we, we're happy to be part of and, and, you know, any time that any kind of film, GTFO or others, is tracking a particular story, telling a particular story, or, you know, let's say somebody's commenting or criticizing culture that's around them, whether it be films or video games or, or blogs or newspapers, a lot of times they have to reuse content. And so that's a lot of times where we come in. Uh, you know, people can see a testimonial from the filmmaker, Shannon Sun Higginson, on our website. And, you know, when you want to talk about a story, you don't, you might go out and interview people. You might have a lot of original footage, 
But in a lot of cases, you're not going to have, you're not going to own all of the footage that you need to tell the story. And so you might have the question of, okay, well, what do I need to get a license for? What might I be able to use under fair use? A lot of the documentaries we work with, you know, they might have a limited budget. So they have to really think carefully about, you know, they might, they might literally have to cut something from the film if they can't use it in fair use, they just might, it might not be an option to use it if it's, if it's not fair use too. So they want to really know. And, and sometimes we'll help people and go through frame by frame, go through step by step through the film and look at every piece of footage and, and talk about, you know, is, does this make sense from a fair use perspective? And what that does is really help filmmakers feel confident when they're sharing it with the world. So they can go out there then to film festivals and to distributors and they can, they can have a film that's ready to go that, and, and because that's one of the most painful things is when you get some good write-ups for your film and all of a sudden you feel like things are going well, you feel like you might be able to get distribution. And then all of a sudden people come out of the woodwork saying, Oh, well actually, you right. used uh, too much of my footage, or you what, used. What's his money on the table? <laughs> now, now, exactly. Was there any you know, trepidation on your part just because this topic and it has been so toxic, in, in terms of you know just jumping in, inside in the, the arena to say this is nuts? You know, has led to right. people being you know uh, attacked you know quite vehemently as well. Yeah, well, I mean, if you go back on our site, you can see that we were working with Anita back when she was getting threats in 2011 before it wasn't really till 2012 that that her when she did that Kickstarter on her Tropes versus Women series that the world kind of the broader world got to know Anita's story more. So, I mean, we've been involved with this before it was um, a more public issue. And it's just to us, it's a simple it's it's a, it's actually a really simple thing. It's very easy for us to get involved. It's exactly what we were created to do, which is to help um, defend folks who, you know, who who want to simply speak, want to simply tell their story, and they're not really doing anything that is they're not doing anything that is illegal, and they deserve the right to speak. So in this case, um, and you know, in in uh, the case of GTFO, the film as well as our work with Anita that's detailed on the site. It's simply helping people, you know, get their content in order and feel strong when they respond to uh, these folks who are flagging their videos, uh, making threats at them, uh, you know, helping them navigate that situation. Because it's really, you know, it's hard enough when people get threatened. There's a lot of people we talk to, you know, whether it's bloggers or video creators, they get threatened. Oh, your YouTube channel is going to disappear, or you know, I'm going to sue you for this much money. But then, when you start talking about people getting physical threats for really just doing criticism, I mean, just basic cultural right. criticism, that's just something we can't have in our society if we want to be able to talk to each other about, you know. And other people can disagree and make their own content that disagrees. But the idea of silencing somebody is just just not acceptable. So no, we've been we've been working on these kind of issues for a number of years now, and we we intend to keep doing it. The timing of this interview is, is interesting because it comes the week after Michael Jordan's verdict 
against a grocery chain that had merely had an ad congratulating him. I, I forget what it was on, but they congratulated him on a successful season and didn't mm-hmm. have his image. It was just his, his silhouette <laughs> and his uniform with the number 20, I guess it's 23. And that was sufficient to get him something in the ballpark, I believe, of 18 million. Right. I, I think it was eight or nine million. I, I don't know the case extremely closely, but yeah. I, and I think that, you know, that had mostly to do with uh, the use of his name, you know, those kind of the right to publicity style issues. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, it's, it's, um, it is, it's really important. I know people easily, it's so easy to speak and take photos and share things online, but that's what new media rights is there to help folks navigate these kinds of situations. Um, when, you know, if, if you're going to refer to somebody, and you're going to make it an advertisement, right. <laughs> then, then you might need to uh, think closely about how you're going to do that, especially somebody like Michael Jordan. But, you know, I remember it, it's funny that that case actually reminds me of, I don't know if you remember, but back, there's a there's actually a, a bar prep program and the bar prep program, when they're explaining the issues of rights of publicity and privacy and things like the things like the Michael Jordan case, they always bring up the fact that there was a student who got a perfect score in Pennsylvania. And despite the fact that the student was very, very happy and the student wrote the bar prep program and said, you guys are amazing. You got me a perfect, I got a perfect score. And then they decided to make an advertisement out of it, right? And put his name on it. But that was not okay, right? <laughs> right. So, Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, right before I took the bar, I was clerking at the firm that represented the National Conference of Bar Examiners. And I was actually you know, helping them with some of the copyright registrations and they were going after some of the bar prep companies. So yes, I'm quite familiar with that. But you guys have been doing, in addition to that work, you also have been part of a movement seeking to have the government make public a publicly funded research. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Right. So we've been we've been part of, gosh, a number of number of letters that have been sent to the government over the years, a number of coalitions. My staff attorney, Terry, right now serves on the Open Policy Network. And it this is just a very simple concept that I just I don't really think it's a it's a side of the aisle kind of issue. I think it's the very kind of simple issue of we as taxpayers put a lot of money into research. We put a lot of money into developing various resources. And the point is, if it's public money supporting the creation of particular research, um, then then why can't we find ways to open up, you know, what's been publicly funded to be built upon, right? And so the idea is, you know, providing more um and requiring more that you know folks that you know that are that are using public money to create things that those things that they create are going to be reusable by the public right i mean it's one thing if you're having private investment into a company and something's being created you know of course you can protect it with all the various ip that's available your copyright patent or maybe you choose not to maybe you choose to go with an open licensing model which is which might help your business in a different way but when it comes to public money, when the public has invested in a product or the public has invested in something to be created, 
then it makes sense that 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 should be available uh, for the public to reuse. So yes, we have been been working on that a bit, and that kind of fits in uh, with our work. We, we've worked with a lot of folks who utilize Creative Commons, who utilize open software licensing, but do it in their business models. So they're also you know they're also doing a business, but they understand and are able to use open licensing to actually further their business model. So yes, absolutely. And you know that there was a little bit of controversy associated with that, um, just because of kind of the circumstances that led to this movement. You know, in terms of you know the suicide, did you, were you involved in the Internet Own Boy movie? No, no, we weren't. No, we weren't. <clears throat> and um, his first name is it's Schwartz, but his for Aaron Schwartz. His name was was escaping me for a second. Yeah, so I mean, that was you know he was being prosecuted for making public public research to an extent. Some of it was private, you know, but you know that was yeah. that was that was part of the issue, right? And in and in this particular, in our the latest thing that we've been involved in, particularly, has more to do with. Um, really the open licensing of and, and creating an executive branch-wide policy to open license educational, training, <clears throat> instructional materials that are created with federal funds. And so our latest um, letter with 90 other organizations was all about outlining some basic core principles in terms of defining what educational materials are, talking about how they should be able to be accessed on the internet and how they could be enabled to be reused in, in a, in a more, e in an easier way. And so, and talking about prompt implementation of that and then the regular reporting by the executive branch of progress and results. And so, yeah, open educational resources. I mean, that's the education is changing fast in this country in terms of you know, the traditional university model and the traditional graduate school models. I right. mean, there are so many ways to access education. And for folks who don't necessarily have extensive resources, we should be looking to, to provide excellent resources for folks to, to be able to educate themselves. This is a kind of a logical step where we're funding a bunch of educational training and instructional materials as taxpayers. So, why not make them available to actually use by the public, right? Right, right. And <laughs> so. it's also part of a common, you know, in terms of what you're working on, we were talking about today, a common theme of making content more freely available to be used in a way that adds to more content and more enlightenment, which, well, at least we, we hope. <laughs> but we, we're going to take a, a, short, a short break. We come right back and um, Art is going to enlighten us on a few more things on, on what's going on at New Media Rights, and he's going to tell you how you can contact him and learn more about his organization. And first, these messages. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. 
The Hoff also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's Maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoff offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoff.com slash radio. T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Internet Marketing Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit spyfu.com. That's S-P-Y-F-U dot com. And start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. This is Bennett Kelly. We have Art Neal with us. And, um, we're, and we're really thrilled to have him back once again. And you can get more information about him and what New Media Rights is doing on our blog at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com. And uh, we're particularly excited to have Art because we know that today he could have been attending La Tomatina, um, <laughs> which is happening apparently its 70th anniversary. And it is, I guess, the world's most famous or largest food fight, but strictly with tomatoes. Um, and it takes place in uh, the Valencian town of Buffoni, which is kind of uh, fittingly. <laughs> I think I mispronounced it. Any event, Art, it, I know it was a tough call, but I appreciate you joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, did, you, did you do you regret it now? <laughs> oh, I you know, I always I always enjoy the Tomatina, but yeah, I've been so many times before. So I was saying this kind of a unifying theme in everything we've talked about really. It is about you work artists. It's helping them create and create content. You know, and obviously the theory is, you know, the more content and the more derivative works we can have you know, it just adds to, um, to the debate. It adds to, you know, creativity. And I think, you know, since you work a lot in documentaries, isn't that a problem we're having now with all the extensions of the copyright 
um, limitations that you know, there's this less and less available for documentarians in the public domain. Oh, that's a that's a big that's a big question, and I completely ag agree. Absolutely, I I mean nothing is going to go into the public domain until what I think I believe it's January first, two thousand nineteen, and then we've got you know as I mentioned earlier, sound recordings not until twenty sixty seven. Yeah, it's it's that's why understanding things like fair use. That's why understanding things like Creative Commons, and then when you need to get permission or not, is just so, so important because we need to, as a culture, be able to have discussions where we criticize and comment on the ideas that each other has, and copyright should not be sort of a, a tool to simply squelch out other viewpoints and things like that, and that's one of the things that we're here to make sure it doesn't happen. But yeah, lawyers, I mean, new media rights, and I believe that lawyers generally can help people navigate all of this. You know, it's it's uh, things like music licensing, for instance, are just are just not friendly, are not easy to deal with. And so we're there to make sure that folks can and other lawyers should be there to make sure that folks can navigate all these difficult questions. Right. I remember someone talking about film and saying it is the most complex piece of intellectual property he's ever seen because of all the various artists that contribute to it and the various rights that are required to produce it. I agree, but particularly I, I agree to, and, and I think that um, although I think that video games give films a run for their money these days, especially large productions, but also any film that's about music right when you mm -hmm. start talking about music and the composition who's performing it is there some kind of arrangement do you have permission to that sound recording you're using music can get very difficult very quickly and it's just one example of how difficult the copyright system can be i think the number one problem though bennett with the copyright system that nobody wants to deal with or address because it's sort of you know kind of shoved under the rug as if well, we can't we can't do anything because we're kind of locked in with international treaties and things. Right is, is the is the length of copyright. Right, you know, the original life, was what, fourteen years. That's right, fourteen years was the original books, maps, and charts, uh, for fourteen years. And so now we're at life plus seventy. And I really think with with a much more reasonable copyright term, a lot of the problems we find because we hear from those folks every day who just their projects can't go forward because they say, well, I need the rights to use this book or I want to reuse this play or I want to make a sequel to this thing or that. Sometimes they can't even find the copyright owner. Sometimes the copyright owner won't work with them. And sometimes it's the the not only the children, but maybe the grandchildren of the person who created it that are the roadblock. And what it does is is it stops a lot of creativity from ever happening that's what it's about, you know, is that to the extent that this is actually do, providing the opposite incentive, it is not creating new works of art. Rather, it is suppressing them, and that's not what the founders intended. Um, we only have a few minutes left, and this is kind of where we traditionally give you the chance to say, you know, how can people contact you, and if there's anything you want to announce, you know, any presentations or um, events you have coming up you want to give give the shout, shout out for absolutely well one event especially for folks in the bay area to know about 
is on September 25th. We're going to be speaking at the first annual TwitchCon, which is all about our panel particularly is all about let's play videos and when can you reuse gaming content without permission? When do you need permission? So it's, it's actually talking about this huge, huge growing industry of creating and which I know is a huge thing because all of my nephews enjoy uh, watching these things on YouTube, <laughs> folks playing video games. Um, and I might have watched a few myself occasionally. And so we're going to be on a panel up there at TwitchCon in San Francisco talking about Let's Play videos. But if folks want to reach us, we've got all those educational guides at newmediarights.org. That's newmediarights.org. And right up in the left-hand corner of that site is a Contact Us link. And if you click, click Contact Us, we've got a short uh, form where if you want to request legal services, that's where you do it. And so that's how folks can contact us. If you want to check out the Fair Use app, uh, it's right there on the front page. But you can also just go to newmediarights.org forward slash Fair Use. Yeah, I think in video games, you'd want to get it right because if you just comment about it and you get death threats, God, imagine what would happen if you misuse it. <laughs> right, absolutely. I mean, it's and it's it's complicated. You know, there's there are situations where if you're just playing the video game, that's one thing. But if you're actually, you know, if you're exploiting, let's say you're showing all the bugs or problems with a new video game, that's a, that's looked at differently. Definitely. So what's always been insightful, I still remember when I first met you, I thought, wow, this is a great organization. It took us a while to get you on the first time, but I'm glad you're back. And I think you know, I commend you on what you're doing. I think this is a great service. It's, you know, it's a great way to approach it. And it actually you know, gives a little nudge to those of us in the private sector to think about, you know, we should be doing this as well. And so um, hats off to you on that. It's a great step forward, and congratulations again. And I just want to thank you for joining us. All right. Well, you're welcome, Bennett, and you know, we're, I'm grateful to be on here today. Thank you. We only have a few minutes left, but there's been some major developments in the news, one of which is on Monday the Third Circuit upheld the uh, district court's decision in the case of FTC versus Wyndham Corporation. That was a dispute over whether or not the FTC had the requisite authority to and, um, go after Wyndham for a consent decree after its third major data breach. So that was affirmed on money. It's a major victory for the FTC, although it still could end up further on appeal to the Supreme Court. And the other development, and we've had Ben Smith, the uh, Sac County, Iowa, DA who was on our show and he talked about his fight with Ripoff Report. The Ripoff Report filed a pre, kind of a preemptive lawsuit to try to block Smith from doing any further investigations against them, fearing he might be heading towards an indictment, apparently. And last week, a federal court um, actually granted an injunction restraining Smith from further participating in the prosecution of Ripoff Report, but indicating that the state or another prosecutor could freely do so. And more, but more importantly, it said based on the evidence, and which included evidence of collusion of Ripoff Report and a third party in posting um, you know, defamatory content on the web, 
in that role as an actor, as a creator of content, Ripoff Report was not immune under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. So uh, it's, a, it's a mixed bag for Ripoff Report. I think it's a short-term win, but it could be a long-term loss. That's a major development and want to keep you posted. In addition, I want to once again thank our host today, Howard Shanker, a law school classmate here who practices law here in Tempe. We have information on his firm. But also, right now, I'm speaking to you from, the, I'm hopefully not butchering the name, the Kiwi Vayayama Law Firm, also here in Tempe. And um, they specialize in Indian law, Indian rights law. And so it is, it's, I want to thank them both for the, the hospitality they've shown me while I'm here in Tempe. And uh, the last thing I want to mention, since it's Tempe, and now that we're, it's kind of fitting with the football season starting, because this is where it ended last year, with the very dramatic Super Bowl. And on the college level, it's going to end here this year as well, because the college national championship game is here um, in January. So, Brasco, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. So I'm here for a case, but I'm just kind of fitting that the timing works out uh, just as football is starting to get, get up in gear. That's all we have for this week. Tune in next week. We're going to have more Cyber Law and Business Report. Check us out on the web. Our blog is cyberlawradio.wordpress. Follow us on Twitter at cyberlawradio and let us know what you think. In addition, you know, this is um, with the Internet Law Center. Check us out. We provide you know, a full range of internet legal services, so we're on the web at internetlawcenter.net. And, um, but that's all. Uh, enjoy the heat wherever you are, and uh, we'll be back next week for another edition of Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And all our best to go to the families of the um, shooting victims of Virginia today, Allison Parker and Adam Ward. What a tragedy. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's... This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.